What? What? What time is it? It's podcast time. It's on the Movie Front podcast time. I am Robert. I am Michael. And we are going to be your host for this evening. Hosts extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. This is episode number 22. The double deuce. The double deuce. Okay, so we've been podcasting for a while. I think we got the uh, the hang of things now. Oh, yeah. We're pros. Somewhat. If you've been, you know, kind of keeping up with our podcast, you know what to expect. We're, we're going to talk about movies and then... More movies and what? then play some movie games. Sweet. And then that's pretty much it. Let's do it. That's all we do. Let's just. Let's I do have to it. warn you, Michael. I'm a little oh. tired. No. I got one hour of sleep last night. Wow. Then I went to the beach today. Why? Why didn't you sleep on the beach? Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit. You know, I'm worried when the seagulls are flying around me, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, what if they just like attack me, like you know, yeah. Hitchcock's the birds like or your sandwich. Right. Exactly. They can mm-hmm. think I'm a sandwich. I'm very tasty looking. <laughs> So <laughs> you do resemble ham. <laughs> I don't know I don't, what that means. I don't know what that means either. But all right, so we're going to review two movies right off the bat. Yes. First and foremost is Horrible Bosses, and then we're going to review Midnight in Paris, which we were going to do last weekend, the last podcast episode. But I needed to see it, and Correct. I saw it. Yes, you did see it. But first, Horrible Bosses. Yeah. It was a comedy, uh, starring a trio of funny actors. Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, and Charlie Day. Yes. Do you like all three characters, Mike? Characters or actors? Okay, actors. I love all three of those guys. <laughs> I, I mean, Jason Sudeikis would be the least of a favorite of mine, but he's really grown up. How me. come he would be the least? Uh, I guess just because I, I, I'm not that familiar with him. He's you know, an SNL guy. I'm the, not a big SNL I said the person. exact same thing. Okay, well, for, let me, let, let's just say we're going to be spoiling both of these movies yes. because we're going to be reviewing them in full. But yes, I, right after I left the movie, I was just like, you know, obviously Jason Bateman we know, and if you watch It's Always Sunny, which we both do, we know Charlie Day because that's pretty much all he's been in. Yes. But like Jason Sudeikis, I'm like, you know, I know he's funny. I think he hosted like an MTV Movie Award or something like that. He hosted yeah, something. Yeah, I think so, so recently. Right? And then I'm like, okay, I know he's funny, and yes, SNL, but like, I didn't really have too much of a background, too much of a something to gauge him on. I think even though he was on SNL, he was not one of the standouts. No, you know? not even not even a standout. He wasn't in a lot of skits. You know, I think he was in a few, but really not that many. Right, right. It was so, all about Sandberg. Right, right, exactly. So it was interesting that he was in this film. And it's kind of funny that he's become, like, the like the, the breakout SNL person because he's been starring in movies. Yeah, definitely. You know, but it's not, like, correlated to SNL. People are not saying, like, the SNL star. They're just saying Jason Sudeikis. Right, right. Which is kind of that's interesting. That's good, that's good. Anyway, uh, we had these trio of friends in the movie. Um, just for, you know arguments say we're just not going to use the characters' names. It's, I think it's easier, because it's such an ensemble yeah. cast, we're mm-hmm. just going to say the actors' names in for this film. So, yes, Charlie, Jason, and Jason, they are friends. We'll say Bateman and, and Sadiqis. Well, I just want to confuse everyone. I want to okay. say Jason and Jason. <laughs> and you're going to have to tell me which Jason I'm talking about. Okay. No, I'm just anyway, we, uh, they have... Let's just say horrible bosses, and I mean what? that terrible, <laughs> terrible Spoiler. bosses. They are, just, they are just horrible people. They should not be living. They're just really, really mean. Jason Bateman <coughs> has been working uh, several years, working for a promotion that he was kind of, you know, got the word from his boss that he was going to be next in line to get this promotion to be vice president something. Yeah. And his boss is uh, Kevin Spacey. Yep. And then what happens? Kevin Spacey's a horrible person, doesn't give him the promotion, and Jason Bateman goes crazy and wants to kill him. Yep. Now, who's next? Who knows? Charlie Day. What, what Charlie Day. Charlie Day's? Uh, his boss is um, Rachel. <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. 
and uh, she's you know sexually harassing Charlie, even though he's he's engaged to be married and he loves his girlfriend, and that's what he wanted to do with his life is just be a married person. So he just got this job to help support himself and his wife. Right. And so she's sexually harassing him, squirting him with water and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> what happens a little bit later in the film is that she basically said, you know, she when he first started there, he had some like uh, dentistry work done. And while he was out, she took some sexual pictures of him while he was unconscious. And uh, she's threatening to show them to the wife uh, unless he has sex with her. Right. So she is pretty much blackmailing him. Yes. And that's how horrible of a boss she is. And going back to Jason Bateman, you know, his boss was just like, you can't, you can't quit or something like that or I will destroy you. I will never write you a good letter. And, you know, you're never going to go anywhere in your, in your job or, you know, career right. path afterwards. And then we meet Jason Sudeikis, who actually likes his job. He likes his job a lot, even though, you know, Charlie and Bateman, they kind of like, you know, stick, they're in their jobs because that's all they can get, you know, they're wor working for something. So Davis is actually very content with his job. He loves his boss. He, he likes what he does. Yeah. Until, unfortunately, the boss that he likes gets a heart attack and he dies right off the bat. Right. And so his coked addict son, a crazy Colin Farrell guy, takes over the company, and yeah. he is the wackiest one of these three bosses, uh, even though they're all out there, he is just the wackiest one, he makes, his character probably makes the, mo uh, the least sense out of oh, all of them, yeah. because like, no way would they actually give this guy a company to run, Right. but yes, so he, uh, Sudeikis has a big problem with working for him because he's making him fire people for no reason. Yep. And Sudeikis actually does care about this company a lot because he does love his job. So the three of them get together and they're just like, oh, we are in such a predicament. We can't, for, for their own reasons, their own personal reasons, they, they, they can't just quit the, their jobs. They don't want to start over. They've been, you know, working in their careers for so long and Hilariously, Charlie is a sex offender because yes. <laughs> he urinated in public at, uh, at night at a, play, in at a playground, playground yeah. right? And so he got even though there were no kids around, that, it was a sexual. That, that was kind of like a running gag throughout the entire film. It was just very funny. I just want to say that I liked, I really, really liked the opening like montage to kind of like give you the whole background of all three characters' storylines. I right. thought that was done very well, and uh, you know, I, w I was pretty much chuckling throughout the entire thing. And yeah. It, it, it set the tone for the rest of the film. I thought it was really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so they decide. At first, jokingly, let's just kill our bosses. It'll be so much better if they weren't in our lives. And then, like, things kind of get heightened after that the moments that we just said. And then they really want to go through with it. So it, it, it kind of snowballs from there. Uh, it's just these three. They're, they're let's just say goofy guys. They yeah. they're they're not they're obviously not killers. They're kind of just bumbling fools, but they're friends. And they just have this stupid idea to off their bosses. And after talking to Jamie Foxx's cameo, well, uh, first of all, they go to like a, a just a <laughs> a very seedy part of town, and just you know they find they just ask a bartender like, "Do you know anybody that will kill people for money?" <laughs> and then Jamie Foxx <laughs> overhears them and is like, "I'll do it." <laughs> like we said, they're stupid. Okay? <laughs> they're very stupid. Yes. So Jamie Foxx, uh, you know, he's in this bad part of town, bad bar, and so he's. Uh, he's giving them advice. Well, for, well he wants five he's grand. He's a murder consultant. Right. And he he says, I will... He first says, I will kill them, or something like that, right? Right. But he then tricks he them ends into up, giving them money. And right. He tricks them, and he gives them the advice, you know, kind of... I, I really like this, you know, just pull uh, Hitchcock strangers on the train and just... Yeah. For, kill each other's bosses because there's no you can't trace a motivation back to it right which is really cool because I, I love Strangers on the Train I thought that movie was awesome yes. I really really enjoyed that film so they they kind of 
I mean, they had their funny lines. They're like, oh, Hitchcock and uh, <laughs> Danny DeVito was in the, that, that, that Danny DeVito Hitchcock movie. <laughs> Throw Mama from a Train. So yeah, funny. So that was really funny. All right, so then they they start scoping out each other's bosses, and a lot of funny things happen here and yeah. there. I mean, the premise was solid. I like the premise. Uh, it... it it obviously is kind of out there, yeah. But it was enjoyable, and I felt the the pace was pretty well. The pace was really well done in this movie, I think. Actually, like you had this premise that was set up, and it was set up pretty fast. Like you know, we cut through, we saw each each uh, each of the characters and their boss situation, then them like hanging out for a little while, talking about things, and then they decide to go through it with it. And basically, it's just like go go go. And then like once the movie ends, it's just kind of like wow, you know, there was never really a chance to like. Like, that was, like, dull, or that you were really just kind of, like, waiting for something to happen. And I think, you know, even though there were some points in the movie that may have been, um, like, actionless, it was really enjoyable, because you had these three guys just sitting together in a car, you know, just joking about stuff, and it was hilarious. I mean, these three like, this is one of the movies where I think that, I feel like, if these guys aren't friends outside of the movie, I would be shocked. Because these guys just had great chemistry together. Mm -hmm. Like, excellent casting, and... Just they just on screen together, they just gel so perfectly, and you really believe that they had been friends for a long time. I agree with you because, uh, yeah, they they each throw in like a different level of comedy. You know, they're not all the same type of you know humor. You have Jason Bateman who does his thing. You know, Charlie Day's like the kind of like strung out there, and then is I think played the dumbest one of the three, but (laughs) at the same time he was like a confident dumbass type. Right, right. And that was really funny to watch as well. So. Yeah, I mean, what did you think? I, I really the the, uh, the only thing that I had trouble with uh, throughout the entire film was kind of like the third act. I didn't really think that the conclusion and the third act as a whole was very strong. I thought it kind of just like, I mean, I kind of saw things happening the way it did. And yeah, I think like you know, I think that it's obviously predictable, but I don't think that that like really mattered too much, at least for for me, because I just was it just was so enjoyable to watch these guys you know, do what they were going to do, and, like, it was clear that it was, you know, alright, so at the very end when the car crashes and they're standing there with the police officer, and I won't give too much away for it because it's just enjoyable, but it's like, you know what's going to happen, you know they're going to end up getting away with what just went down, so it's just, it's funny, because it's like, you're just waiting for, (laughs) you know, the conclusion to happen, and, like, you you can predict exactly how it's going to go down, but it still, it didn't make it less funny for me. Okay. You know, and like this is a comedy. This, if this was a drama, maybe I would say that was a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I clearly saw the ending, and that was like a dead giveaway, and, and just ruined all the suspense. But the suspense didn't even matter to me. Like I didn't even care if the bosses end up dying or not. Like I, I was just having so much fun watching these characters just <laughs> bumble around the whole time. <laughs> That's true. No, yeah, it, it was very, a very enjoyable film, and uh, yeah, okay. So and there, there were like a lot of jokes throughout the movie that didn't work as well mm-hmm. but it didn't matter because like these, like I said these guys were just so enjoyable and like even though they were throwing out jokes that some jokes were even dated I think they were like making jokes about like tape recorders at one point or something like that <laughs> you know and they're just like wow these are really old jokes they're like digging up from the grave what uh which, which one of the three guys did you like enjoy the most in the film it's funny I think uh man I don't know I really liked all of them I think maybe Jason Bateman was my least favorite in the film um, I th- I'd have to go like Charlie Day, Jason Sudeikis, Jason Bateman. Right, right. Uh, but I think, you know, that's like their characters and the way they're set up in a way. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because like we said earlier that we're kind of familiar with Jason Bateman and Charlie Day 
and essentially they kind of played the characters that they always play. Yeah, they like, do. Like Jason Bateman was just like that, you know, kind of like Arrested Development, kind of like these guys are going crazy. I'm still going to say some funny things here and there. And he did play a little bit of a dumber character. Yeah, he did play a little dumber, <laughs> and I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then Charlie Day obviously was just like you know out there, especially that the whole with the coke scene was hilarious. Yeah, that was. Hysterical. I'm not gonna lie. Every single time Charlie is yelling, I'm <laughs> laughing extremely he's hard. Got the highest pitch voice. That's awesome. It's insane. I'm not even sure what he says half the time when he's yelling. But that was I know. That was rape. 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 <laughs> he's just going. What? What? It's, it's just that? funny. It doesn't even matter. It's just I. I like him when he's yelling. He should always just be yelling. Uh, and um, yes, and he definitely was his character from from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But you know what? Like, not a lot of. I mean, people are familiar with that show. Obviously, people watch it, but it's a very niche show. So they're not really the the mass audience is not familiar with. Exactly. Charlie. I, yeah, I was thinking, and I'm I'm curious to whether or not people that don't watch it's he, always something played will as like well. Him. My mom liked him, and she never saw. Oh, him okay, before, yeah, so. that's interesting. She she thought he was the funniest. Yeah, because like you said, yeah, I mean, we we watch the show, yeah. and a lot of our friends watch it, but not it's not not yeah. everyone watches the show. It's not one of those shows that you everyone knows about. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to act. I mean, ask a couple friends. And the, the one it. thing that this is gonna sound really dumb, but. <laughs> I cannot help smile every time Jason Sudeikis is smiling on camera. He's got the goofiest face. He's just standing there smiling, and you like, I don't know. There's something about it, it, it's really genuine. He looks like he's really happy or really laughing, and I'm sure he is. Like you know, off when the when they cut and stuff like that. But it's just watching him. I just want to crack up every time I see him. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really have that type of thought as well. But uh, yeah. now that now that you said it, you know, he he did. He just grins like ear to ear, and he just looks hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really, it was a very good comedy. Did it was you, it was well done. I think. Did you like the uh, the end credits with like the the gag reel almost? Oh, probably? I always love the gag reel. You always gotta love. I it. like it when they throw gag reels in the credits. Yeah. I thought the funniest one was when in the gag reel when they're talking about there's some sort of joke about the 50 states and I don't remember the exact line in the movie but Jason Segel says something about like oh I'm gonna bend her over and show her the 50 states and <laughs> Jason like, Bateman's like what, what, does that mean? What, what does that mean where and he goes oh I heard it you know where it's like it's know? a saying <laughs> it's a saying <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a saying where did you hear it in this movie <laughs> and then Bateman Bateman just kind of pauses like uh how do I respond to that. <laughs> And I just thought it was really funny. That was good. Yeah, it was a very solid uh, R-rated comedy. There's lots of, uh, you know, vulgarity. There's lots of Jennifer sexual movies. Right, and she was she was she was very crude in this film. And she's I, hot. She's still hot for a forty-something year old. There is a little bit of controversy over a wor- uh, she uses the word fag in the film mm-hmm. uh, in a derogatory way toward Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. That rhymed, but I didn't mean it to. And uh, there's some controversy over, um, you know, GLAD is trying to, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Um, they're trying to, uh, yeah, I had to think about those. I had to think about that. <laughs> I was like, G-L-A. Yeah, because the and is not in there. It's the Gay and Lesbian. Well, I think it still would have been like a GLAD Alliance Against Defamation. Something like that. It would be double A. It would be yeah. still like a GLAD. Oh, yeah, it is. I think it is double A. Yeah, that makes sense. MCO. <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong, <laughs> and I digress. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah, they're trying to petition to get that movie, um, you know, stricken from the edited. Movie. Yes, that trying to petition to get that saying stricken from the movie. Uh, okay, edited out. So who knows? 
Whatever. Always a little bit of controversy. Always controversy. Okay, so what would you give this movie, Michael? Do you want to look at your past? I need to look because yeah, I, was I want to rate it pretty high, but I don't want to rate it too high. high. I think Mike's gonna give it a ninety-eight. <laughs> I was thinking ninety-nine. <laughs> oh, point man, three. Look at you. Um, look at you. Are these my ratings we're looking yes, at? Yes, I am looking at Mike's ratings. You can also check our ratings, our archives of ratings at OTMF podcast.blogspot Wow, blogspot.com. Alright, I'm gonna give it a solid. Solid. It's really tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna write this down so I don't forget when I edit this. I'm going to go 74. 74. Yeah. 74. Now, you know what I'm gonna give it, Michael? What are you gonna well, give actually, it? Actually, why don't you tell me why you gave it a 74? Alright, well, because I, think about it. I rated X Men 75. And it's like, I can't have this movie be better than X-Men, because I thought X-Men was, was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> just one below it. Alright, well, almost guess what, I'm, I'm going to give it a 76. Oh. Because I, I did enjoy it a little bit more than Bridesmaids, and I gave that a 75. What did I give Bridesmaids? Uh, I think you, you didn't like it as much as I did, that's for sure. You gave it a 70. Okay, cool. So I'm good with that. Then. M and 76 for R. Arr, like a pirate. Well, out of uh, okay, I mean, you saw more of these movies than I did. Well, maybe just one more. We have these R-rated comedies. Now we have Harbor Bosses, Bad Teachers, and The Hangover Part Two that has been released so far. Oh, I think yeah. there's more Horrible coming Bosses out. Harbor Bosses is definitely the best. There's more coming out, right? Is there? Is is Crazy Stupid Love going to be rated R? I don't even know. That looks like people. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be rated R, but I definitely think it's going to be the the best of the summer. Ooh, wow! Look at you! Look I at know. you! Look at prediction. I have Mike high expectations here. for that film. I think you should lower those expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it getting really good reviews? It is getting good reviews. Well, I, I think. Say. I think. It's, uh, it's been being shown that Entertainment Weekly is saying this might be one of the best romantic comedies, like, ever. Yeah. That's <laughs> what they're saying. Yeah. Or in recent memory, in, I think in the parentheses. I think it might be more romantic than comedy. Yeah, yeah, definitely sees it. I mean, this wasn't a romantic comedy. This was right. just straight-up comedy, so is Hangover. Yeah. Bridesmaids was a romantic comedy. Um, but no, it has There's not a lot of R-rated comedies out. Like, period. I think there's, like, a... Yeah, well, yeah, because PG-13 gets yeah. more of the crowd, but... Yeah. It should be more Of recent, comments. I think, you, you get your handful during the summer. You get your, like, you know, right. four or so. Boo, you can ask me something? Wow, what was I going to ask you? Just if I thought this was the best movie of the summer? I was just going to talk about our, our rated comedies in general. What's, like, my favorite R-rated comedy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. No, I guess like I guess just for this summer speaking, yes. Oh, okay. I mean, you thought Horrible Bosses was the best because you did give it the best yeah. rating so far, and probably Bad Teacher. I think it was easily the best. Yeah. Bad Teacher would be bottom. Yeah. Or would Hangover you think is worse? Which was worse, Hangover or Bad Teacher? Uh, I'd say Hangover. Ooh, Hangover was the worse. Yeah. The Bad Teacher. Mm, interesting. I didn't see Bad Teacher, so I still have to see that. I mean, laugh out loud wise, it was probably better. Like Hangover is probably better laughing out loud, but quality of the movie. Did you feel that? Because I kind of had this feeling where, so we had like you know you have your Hangover three and you have your Harbor Bosses hangover three. Hangover two. Oh, you want just what? in general the Hangover the trio of actors. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I see. Oh, I I, I got you with the uh, <laughs> Hangover part three. I was like, we're jumping into Horrible Bosses three already. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, trio so you have of the actors. trio of actors against these trio of actors. Do you kind of feel like that Charlie Day was like the the Zach Galifianakis of this trio, the more out there? He stole a lot of the scenes. I felt, but maybe that's just I don't think we he watched. was planned to do that. I, I I mean, like 
I really don't feel like they set it up like thinking like that. I think they thought, you know, we'll, we'll go with the tree option like Hangover, but they didn't set it up like that. Like Bateman is not um, Cooper, right? You know, like they're they're these guys are funnier. <laughs> Bateman is a lot funnier than Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I'd even say that like for I think Jason Sudeikis is is funnier than Ed Helms. At least in the Hangover movies, yeah. I love Ed Helms. I, yeah, I think yeah. he's awesome on The Office. Yeah, but I'd say in this this film, he's funnier than the Hangover. I'd say so too. Um, but yeah. and then I would even you know like I th- I think Zach Galifianakis takes Charlie Day a little bit. Do you? But I I just like he, you know you know what I'm trying to say though like Charlie. You're trying Day, to say I did they set it up out. like that? I just, I just think he was the one that stood out from the three. And like I asked you before, which one you like the best? You said Charlie Day. Yeah. And I I mean me too. So. I mean, I guess you could make that analogy, but I wouldn't say that that's what they were going for. You think we're going to see Charlie Day a little bit more in movies now? I don't know. Hopefully. I hope so. I hope so, too. But I also don't want to end uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know? Yeah. He's really awesome. Are, the other, are there other two even doing anything else? No. Charlie Day has been the breakout character from that show. He's just so crazy. He he's is so hilarious. I forgot what, who he was standing next to, but he was like significantly shorter than Oh, he's a very short person. I think he was like standing next to Sudeikis, and then I'm just like, there's like a good foot. Yeah. <laughs> should be there. <laughs> and he's just like, you know. It's just yeah. I think they should make a sequel to this movie. I think they're going to. I, I can't imagine they're not so. going to. They, uh, the weekend was, I think, $28 million. Which obviously was topped by Transformers, but it was the the best. Of I, I'm that. not a big fan of sequels, but I really just like these guys' chemistry together, and I I really want to see more of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had they had great quick uh, chemistry. I guess uh, as long as they don't, I don't fall into as long as they don't fall into like a Hangover Part Two yeah. dilemma where they just have the exact same story. I don't know what they'd call it. You know? They want to go off the strength of the name Horrible Bosses. They have can't to. do the same thing. You know? That would be interesting. <laughs> it could fall in the same exact trap. They're going to. Oh, now I kind of don't want a sequel after <laughs> we're talking about this. But maybe if they uh, kept those three and put them in a different scenario, you know? Maybe, but then that you would still call it Horrible Bosses. What if they did, like, like making a new title, you know? Like, I don't know. But did that ever happen? Did you like, ever, like, would just change the titles? Well, sometimes. But, like, if they kept, like, the sequel to Horrible Bosses <laughs> titled... <laughs> Mission X, <laughs> you know, like whatever it would be called. <laughs> Horrible grandparents. <laughs> uh, part two, it was like, wait, wait, where's part one? It was horrible bosses. It would be funny if it was like horrible friends or something. Like that. Something they like each that. had to get rid of a friend they didn't like. I guess that would be okay. If you kept that horrible word. Yeah. I think you get the horrible word in yeah. there. You kind of get like, oh, there yes. was a movie called Horrible Something before. Right. Aha! Right. Uh-huh. I think we should pitch this. We might have to write this story. Horrible snossages. Snossages. <laughs> snossages. All right. Okay, so I think we're ta- done with this. Yes. Are we? I, I forgot we were talking about another movie. We're already like t- a half an hour in. <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be fun. Okay. So next up is Midnight in Paris. Now, what we were saying before, is that, well last week, is that we can't really talk about this film at all. You can't even have a conversation with a friend about this movie without spoiling it for them. Because unless you know... Unless you were like spoiled somehow, because I don't think it shows it in the previews what actually happens when the clock strikes twelve. No, no, and that's the pretty much a big thing, a big part of the film. It doesn't really spoil it, the entire movie per se, but that's like a, like I was very surprised when I saw this. Let me get into it. So Woody Allen's new film, recent and probably best in recent memory, I mean the past past four years or so, we have Owen Wilson as the main character. Engaged to Rachel McAdams, and I guess we could use the character Rachel McHottie. Ooh, 
Adams. <laughs> uh, Owen's character's name is Gil. Rachel McAdams' character, his name is Inez. So I will use their character names. So Gil and Inez, they are engaged. They're spending a vacation in Paris, and you 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 immediately see how Gil is like in love with this beautiful beautiful city, and in, in a way, like I feel like this is like Woody Allen just telling us how beautiful he thinks the city is. He's just like devoting his love, the opening like picture montage. I wanted to talk about that. Like, go ahead, talk about it. All right. So when you go into the movie, there is easily five minutes of of just an entire song plays. Yeah, a full song, no words, it's all just music and you just see these images of Paris over and over and over again. And like, you know, I had kind of had this thought because this is not something that's done I don't know if it's ever been done like this. I mean, maybe it has. I don't I, you know, I don't I haven't watched a lot of French cinema, so maybe this is something that's been done before. That's very true. Um, but you know, like you as a movie watcher, and you see movies all the time, usually the beginning montage is over really fast. It's like, you know, picture, 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 and then the characters are there. And I kind of, in my mind, you know, was working against me during that scene, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, in, in one of these shots, I'm going to see Owen Wilson. He's gonna be there. He's gonna be there. Until I finally just realized, okay, I have to just sit back and, and just enjoy these pictures of Paris for what they are. And once I did that, I enjoyed it very, very thoroughly. I had, a, I had a very similar thing, too. I'm just like, okay, this is this is kind of dragging on a little bit long, and because of that, like because I did expect the movie to begin very soon, I wasn't really appreciating for what Woody Allen was doing in this opening montage, and I'm just like, okay, this song's going to end soon, right? <laughs> These pictures, because they're just random and just regular pictures of the yep. city during the day, during the night, just, just, just random, random stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's get going, let's get going, until I'm just like, alright, let me just sit back and watch this, and it was actually really cool to and watch. And you know why it's so brilliant? It sets you up mentally to watch the film. Because the film is, it, in a lot of ways, is a very slow movie. Mm -hmm. And it gets you prepared to just kind of accept what you're seeing. And just, you know, not be waiting for something to happen. Not, you know, be, be constantly looking forward like, I know what's going to... And just kind of watch it and just enjoy it for the beautiful you know, experience that it is. So that's a, yeah, that's definitely a good point, because, like, what we're going to explain happens later on, you kind of just have to accept what's happening. You can't really say, hey, a second, you know, hold on, why, how is this happening, what's going on? Anyway, let's go through the plot. We have Gil and Inez engaged. They're having a vacation in Paris, and uh, Gil is in love with Paris. Inez, not so much. She kind of wants to, she ex expresses that she wants to move back to Malibu, California, while Gil is kind of throwing out there that he wants to stay in Paris, at least for a little while, so he can have, uh, find inspiration and motivation for a novel that he's writing. He is a successful movie screenwriter, but he doesn't enjoy doing that at all. He wants to become a novelist. And he's, he's starting to write a novel about a protagonist who runs a, uh, a nostalgia shop, uh, and that's kind of like a theme throughout the entire film, and we'll get to that a little bit later. So, we meet uh, Inez's friend, Paul, and his, uh, I, I would say, wife, or just girlfriend, or friend, I don't even know if they were ma married. I have no idea. Yeah, it was, it was a little, that was a little weird. Um, uh, Paul is played by uh, Michael Sheen. Not this Michael <laughs> Sheen, but the Michael Sheen. <laughs> and um, 
What what a douche this guy he is. He was he is the <laughs> epitome of pretentious douche. He was just walking like gallivanting around Paris like he knew, he like he owned the place. And he was like, Oh, this piece of furniture here is from this Oh, oh man, man. You, you just wanted to punch him in the you, face. I don't know how Owen wasn't didn't punch him in the face during this film. And uh yes, he was just very obnoxious and very douchey. Yet Inez like idolized him. She thought like he was the most brilliant person in the entire world. You saw she was almost like his his like roadie per se yeah. throughout the entire film. And um but, but for some reason Gil did not see this right away. He didn't really realize it until the end of the film. He was too be, he was being too enthralled by the beauty of Paris to even realize what was happening right in front of him. Yeah. So um very early on in the movie, he kind of, he kind of, he gets fed up because Inez doesn't want to do what he wants to do. He wants to walk, stroll in the rain in Paris, thinks it's the most beautiful thing ever. He wants to do this and that. She just wants to go dancing in a club. So he's like, all right, fine, you do your thing. I'm just gonna go for a stroll and I'm just gonna go home. And then, what happens? The clock strikes midnight, and then the carriage turns into a pumpkin, and Cinderella <laughs> finds her prince. No. What happens? I forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then the car, an old, you know, 1920s uh, Oldsmobile for all. Yeah, it's just an old pattern. Pulls up, and these, you know, people are s- speaking French at, at Owen Wilson, Gil, and they're like, you know, come on, come to a party. And uh, he. <laughs> I can't do a French accent for my life, so I don't <laughs> even know why. I don't even know what that was. was. That your attempt at so he gets in. And then this car ride takes him to a party. A party. And he walks in the door, and everybody's dressed in twenties garb, and it's 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 spoiler. Like, it's like <laughs> magic. This is where um, we first find out that this film has a huge fantasy aspect to it. Somehow, through this passage of midnight striking and carriage or old car, you know, driving, he gets like transported into the 1920s, where he's talking with his, you know, long life, uh, like legend idols that the people that he looked up his to. Lifelong. Right, right. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> he's talking to Ernest Hemingway. He's whoa, talking whoa, to whoa, Scott whoa. Fitzgerald. Yeah, it's the first is the fest- Fitzgerald. Right, right. The. Uh, Zelda and F. Scott, right, and then um, and then, and then they bring him out to a uh, a bar and he meets right. You, Hemingway. you meet Hemingway, and just throughout the entire like fantasy aspects of this film, you you meet a lot of of these people like uh, Picasso, Dolly, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really reading here Gertrude Stein, yes, Gertrude Stein, um, and a lot of There's other so people. many people, so so many people, and it's amazing because it's like such a cool premise yes. right there, right there. It's just so cool. And like we said early in the film, uh, you just have to accept it because Woody Allen in this in, in a script or anything, he never explains it at all. No, it never really becomes like how is this happening? Why is this happening? It's just like the only thing is clear that it happens after midnight. Right, he tries to show Inez how to get you know this incredible experience, but she gets fed up with waiting, and he doesn't realize what he does did wrong until the clock strikes midnight. Right, so it's it's kind of like, and at first, of course, if anyone was be to put in this situation you'd be like alright someone's pulling my chain right now this isn't really happening I gotta wake up I gotta wake up but then and you see that in Owen Wilson's face right. like he's just standing there dumbfounded <laughs> for the first like 10 minutes of this happening just like he can't speak he's just listening to these conversations as like the Fitzgeralds just kind of chauffeur him around to people and he's just like you know he's just got this awesome look on his face like what the hell is going on Right, and right. it's Hilarious because it's the point—the point of view of the audience member. Like, 
I don't what what what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then yeah, just just watching the movie progress, and then Owen Wilson, his his character, you know, understanding that this is what's happening, and then he kind of just turns into like a, a kid in like a, a candy house, and he's yeah. just like, oh, I can't wait to do this again. That's the only thing he was looking yes. forward to, and uh, rightfully so, because it's it's incredible to yeah. to ever. As put Hemingway it. tells him, he's going to show his novel to to Gertrude Stein. Right. So um, anyway. <laughs> So we, uh, the movie kind of goes about that for another half an hour or so, and then finally it really does turn uh, the tables when he meets Adriana, played by Marion Cotillard, the beautiful Marion Cotillard, a French actress in Midnight in Paris. How convenient. <laughs> anyway, um, so she is like Picasso's mistress at the time. But just the way Gil is talking to her and like relating with her and and all of the stories that she's telling and just the way they converse, you find out that they really do become attracted to each other. They fall in love with each other, and this kind of becomes a very funny. In my in my opinion, I th- I found this hilarious, but a very like strange dilemma that Gil was in. He's just like, okay, I'm in <laughs> the reality <laughs> where I'm in a uh, I'm engaged to Inez, who like. I do, I do know I love, but like you know, things are just not feeling right. And then I am in love with this Adriana character from the 1920s. 20s, yes. <laughs> like, how is this possible? How how can he even like act on this? But he really does. He yeah. he, he really starts acting on it. He picks up uh, her diary from like a, a little pawn side yeah. walk place <laughs> in, in the reality. In the reality, I'm sorry. Yes, in and the then, modern um, time. And then he, like, he reads like what her, what her diary was. Yeah, and he finds her. out that she was in love with him. Right. So, so he buys her earrings. This <laughs> is hilarious. I thought I thought that, I seriously just thought this whole part was hilarious, and I was really enjoying watching this. But anyway, um, I guess we could say the main theme about this whole film was about the nostalgia aspect, and that he, you know, everyone pretty much has nostalgia. So he had a nostalgia for the 1920s because he thought he thought that was like the best moment in, in Paris, while. The person, the uh, the woman he fell in love with, Adriana. She, they kind of go into an old-fashioned car and they go to another different party, and then they're brought into an even later time before the 1920s that Adriana thought was the best era of Paris. And right, then right. Owen was just like, "Are you kidding me? You live in the 1920s?" And she's just like, "No, but I feel like yeah, I feel like you know I don't belong here. I belong in this era." And like, because she has the same nostalgia, and that kind of you know gets the, the wheels turning in Owen Wilson's head. It's like, all right, I just have to accept to live in the present and not live in the past, per se, because the right. past is just the past, and we got to live now. So I really loved, I loved the way that whole structure just came about, the realization and everything. Yeah, because it, it seems so unforced. Right. Like, and, and I loved that about it. Like, I really had no idea where the movie was going. That's exactly what I was going to say. I had no clue what I was watching. Like, what's going to happen next? Where, where, where is this problem going? Until he's sitting there talking to Adriana and, and just having, you know, in in the conversation, you sit there and you realize with him in that moment that, like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be here. You know, I should be living my life in my time. And you're like, oh, wow. And it's very poignant that way because it's like, you don't, you know, you're just, you're, you're you are, along with uh, Gil, Wrapped up in this this time, he's meeting Hemingway, he's meeting Gertrude Stein, you know, he's meeting Pablo Picasso. It's like, oh, this is amazing, you know. 
the fact that they all hung out together, they were, you know, friends or whatever, or colleagues, and it just was like, wow, this, who's he going to meet next, you know? who? And when he sees Dolly, which is played by Adrian Brody, and possibly the funniest part of the whole film. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> that was hysterical. That was very funny. Uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just crazy, like, how, how that all happens, and that, so that epiphany, if you will, and it I will, yeah, <laughs> yes. that he has, um, is, is very powerful. And yeah, like like you just said, it was just like it was just in the middle of the conversation where you kind of finally realize, oh, that's where the movie, that's what the movie wants to do. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about, right then and there. And then uh, yeah, I mean that was very powerful. And yeah, it done very well. And I'm I'm I was very impressed by this work by Woody Allen. Um, I guess there's not too much else to say. We kind of went. I just want to say that I feel like this is almost this. This should this movie should be like a brochure for Paris. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't like to travel at all. I've never left the east coast of America. But after seeing this movie, Paris, yeah. I want to go to Paris. Absolutely. I'm just like, who wouldn't want to walk in the rain in Paris? Just yeah, it the way so Owen cool. Wilson was just such like a, a, like a, a kid. Just it's innocent. It's like I love this city, and there's nothing that anything could, anyone could do to him that would make him lose his love for this city. Yeah. He, he has this little monologue about when he talks about Paris in, in the film. This is definitely like Woody Allen's words, you know, where he said, like, you know, do you think that there's a place like Paris anywhere else in the world? You know, probably not, like, you know, and this is a place that you could see from outer space. You could see the lights. You can see the beauty and, like, you know, the architecture. He's like, there's no place like Paris in our world or any other world. And, I mean, he says a little bit more poignant than I did, but, like, it's just such a cool little thing to think about, you know? Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, like, I like that part, and I like how he was just like, what, like, what's more beautiful, Paris in the day or Paris in the night? That like, you can't even choose. Yeah. They're both equally beautiful. And I thought that was awesome as well. So, yeah. Um, obviously, we enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah. And, uh... Th- th- this movie is, like, a fine glass of wine, you know? <laughs> I definitely don't think it's something for everyone. Like, not everyone's going to like wine. But for those of you who do, this is going to be like one when you sip and you enjoy it and it's great. And then when it's done, you're just left with this, like, man, that was delicious. You just have this feeling like, wow, that was just really, really good. Yeah, I I agree. And um, I do have to say, though, that I did not, like, I want to say I didn't really fully enjoy it as much as other people might have that were are more knowledgeable of these figures these yeah. historical figures there's like you know I would probably say a good handful I didn't even know who they were well the biggest so part for me and, and this is almost you know I feel dumb but <laughs> I like like you I'm not educated on my history uh, as well as most people or you know some people <laughs> but the part the point where they went back from the 1920s into the 1800s or whatever year was that era I missed that I didn't understand that they went backward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I made the connection later because I figured out that they went into the car and I, I understood, but I would have uh, identified it earlier if I knew who they were talking to at the table. Some idol of Pablo Picasso's. Right, um, right. And they even say his name, but like I just, like I missed the name or even, you know, I didn't recognize it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't, I, he's a, he's a, he draw figure, he drew figures. And he was an influence for Pablo Picasso, mm-hmm. and like that's like a dead giveaway that it was like further in the past. Like, but I didn't <laughs> grasp that, and I had no idea who this person was. No, yeah, definitely, it, yeah, like maybe, maybe, yeah, like you said, people who were more familiar, yeah. even like, especially like I would say like literature majors, especially. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you how if if their portrayal 
of Hemingway was accurate or not. I have no idea, honestly. Right. I don't know. I just knew he drank a lot, and yeah. he, they showed that in, in, the, in the film. But aside from that, it was very, very enjoyable. And, um, I mean, without nitpicking and without really... You just have to let the movie just do its thing. You yeah. can't be like, this can't happen. Of course it can't happen, right, right. but that's the fun in the movie. And I feel like Woody Allen hasn't... He hasn't had this much fun doing a movie in a while. And, yeah, it definitely had his stamp of approval approval all over it. There so. was only one thing that bugged me. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's so minor, because it's, like, after the whole movie, like, I don't know, it was just, like, too unrealistic. Like, it just bothered me. So when Owen Wilson... And I'm giving more spoilers away. When Owen, when Gil goes to, like, break up with Inez, and he's, like, he's like you know, I, I think we should get a divorce. You know, like, I don't think we should get married. I'm calling it off. And then the parents come in, and 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 as as the parents, oh yeah, he just called off the wedding, and they're like, what? You know, they don't seem very upset. And then he just he just goes, he just walks away, <laughs> and they're just like sitting there. I knew he was like this. I <laughs> and I was just like, no, in no way would this conversation happen like this. Yeah. The mother's just like, well, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> I and I know it's so nitpicky, but it was just like way too over the top for me. Yeah. I, and it bothered me while I was watching it. Like I said, it's a really minuscule point, but... Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it didn't really bother me that much, because I'm just like, I don't even care about this story anymore. I just want him to go back to the past and finish his thing with Adriana, see what yeah. happens there. But yes, okay, so let's rate this film. Okay. Uh, I have my rating, so I guess I'll say it. Yeah, so you can look at you know going to rate um, it. I'm going to rate it a nice strong 83. Wow. Because I really did enjoy it. Um, and that was the same grade I gave to Super 8 and I, I think they were both very good in their own separate ways and I, I and as you know I'm a big Woody Allen fan so I think I'm a little bit biased in that, in that case so I'm giving it a pretty high mark of 83 you know I, it's pretty funny you're not too far off from my rating of the film is that supposed to be funny? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to give it a number but I'm changing my number to match yours I'm also going to give it an 83 you know, why do you always do that? <laughs> Well, it's good. No, I think uh, it's a very solid movie, very enjoyable, and um, I don't know. In a way, because like 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 what you said, not everyone would really enjoy this film. For some reason, yeah. makes me like it even more because I did enjoy it that yeah. much. But uh, yeah, good work, Woody Allen. You still have it. You still got it. In you yeah. still got it, Woody. You still got it. Keep nice. on, keep on working. Good the job. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We're gonna take a break, uh, and we're gonna come back with our main topic. We're gonna talk about Harry Potter. Let's do it. All right. And we're back. We are back, Harry Potter style. Happy Harry Potter Day, Michael. Happy Harry Potter Day. <laughs> so Harry Potter, to no surprise, comes out this weekend. Yes. It's going to be humongous. Monstrous. Can I just say that I won that Transformers bet, because it already has about $250 million. Dang it. <laughs> in, in less than three weeks. I was crushed. Crushed. And Michael, to, to reiterate, Michael said... It wouldn't overall gross $150 million. I was hoping, and I was serious. Would you like to say something about the Harry Potter box office? I want to say it's going to gross... Um, I, I would say this is this is kind of a lowball estimate. Uh, $1 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be the highest gross film ever. <laughs> no, um, I would say that this movie's going to make $500 million. 
domestic. It's going to make a lot of money. No, I mean, I mean, 500 is very high. I don't know. You know. All right, 400. 400 would be like a uh, pretty close. Like that would be peaking at 400. I would say, I would say it's definitely going to reach 300. I know. I think I I, I really think it's going to get 300. I I'm just wondering if it's going to have enough steam to get to 400. Right. I'm not I mean, sure if it will. It's it, it's going to be somewhere in that range. Let's go 350. Let's say 350, I would say 350 million. Would be a, a, an accurate. Prediction for the Harry Potter Part Two. The Deathly Hallows Part Two. Anyway, yes, it comes out this weekend. A lot of people, of course, are excited because this is finally ending the epic saga of Harry Potter, the Wizard Boy Child Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you didn't like that? I thought that was hilarious. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, we've been we've been following Harry for since I think 2001. Has it been 10 years or something like that? It, it was even before that. Uh, let me uh, let me look. Yeah, no, 2001. The the Harry Potter. <laughs> I can't even say that word. Can you say that word? Philosopher. Yeah. For some reason, I read it, and in my mind, I couldn't pronounce it. Is that really what the movie's called? Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Wow. Oh huh. man, you're you're now you're making me doubt everything about. That doesn't life. sound right, but whatever. It has to be right. I guess. Isn't it the Sorcerer's Stone? Ah, yeah. Why is it Philosopher's? That's we're on Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen. Wikipedia has this wrong. I mean, is that the book? That's probably the book. That's probably the book. Just to just to admit, we Sheen and I we don't we haven't read the books. We don't we can't read. We don't know how to read. <laughs> we're illiterate. That's why we like to watch movies and yes. listen to noises yes. and explosions that go like this. But he put his hands up. You didn't see that. Anyway, moving on. So, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Are you going to talk about that? No. What? I mean, like that. No. Okay. <laughs> I was answering the question you wanted to ask, but then you Sorcerer's Stone was the first one. <laughs> so, we've been, we've been following this wizard. Harry's a wizard, right? He is a wizard. He Are becomes a wizard. this wizard and his two best friends, Hermione and... What's his name? What's the redhead's name? Weasley? Oh Wait, well. Weasley. Ron, <laughs> Ron Weasley. Well, we were probably the wrong two. <laughs> the last two people that should be talking about Harry Potter right now. <laughs> but we're fans of the movie. We love the freaking movies. I uh, don't know why. Um, we just don't care to memorize all the stupid <laughs> trivia. <laughs> right, we, we're not going to tell you what kind of you know spells they know how to do and everything. But no. yes, um, we, we, we talk about this a lot. We had... We we talked. We, we saw. Did you see it with me? You didn't see it with me. <laughs> did you finish one? I, I cannot right now. Jeez. I am scattered brain. I don't know what to say. Are you going to see this movie this weekend? Yes, <laughs> I'm going to see this movie. Okay, I might even see it twice <gasps> if it's that good. If it's good. Uh, people are hyping this movie up. They're just like, if you liked the first part, the second part is just going to be all action. You can't not like it. Well, see, I had problems with the first part because it was too Twilighty for me. Ooh, what does that even mean? Because there was, like, a 20 minutes where they're just running through a forest, <coughs> like, camping out in a tent, and it felt very much like the Twilight movie, which I hadn't seen at that point in time, but my impression of the Twilight movie. Which Twilight movie? There's been three Twilight movies. I don't know, just the Twilight series. Mm. I feel like they were always in the woods. I guess they went a little emo. Yeah, they did go a little film. emo. But th I know that this one's going to be a lot better. How do you know that? Because I know. Let's say God told me. Ooh, because he's a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, from from for the people, our friends that have read the book and they know what's going to happen, they said that the they uh they enjoyed the first film a lot. 
or the first part of the Deathly Hallows because they said it sets everything up very well. They hit on the main points to set up this apparent epic epic battle that's going to happen in the part two. Um, but it, it's kind of like a general consensus for the people who haven't read the books that you know, you know, the first part was a little bit slow. Yeah. We we want I wanted it to move on here and there. I mean they had a lot of cool moments like um the, the I think the scene or the, the the series of scenes when uh the guy is explaining to Harry what the Deathly Hallows actually is. Yeah. And like you're oh I thought that scene was just amazing. And him trying to get the the sword out of the ice. That whole epic scene was awesome. The ending with the you know the, the sad yeah. death of Dobby or did I say that right Dobby Dobby sure. the little the little elf midget guy thing yep so yeah so yeah I'm excited for this the, this last the final the final Harry Potter <laughs> sorry I had to finish that anyway so yeah so this movie's coming out it's gonna be epic uh, I'm excited to see it is after seeing seven films out of the eight yes. Is Prisoner of Azkaban still your favorite one? Oh yeah, oh Definitely. yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. the last one might be my new favorite. Oh. You never know. But the Prisoner of Azkaban is definitely the most, uh, the darkest film, the most adult film of them all, and I really liked that. Although I did like the fifth one in the series. That's the Order of the Phoenix. I want to say. E- no, the Half Blood Prince. That is the sixth film. No. Yes. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, then the sixth one. <coughs> I did like that one a That's lot. That's the one where Dumbledore dies, correct? Yes. Did I say his name correctly? I feel like I can't pronounce Dumbledore? any of these guys. Is it Dorf? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I have no idea. I think it's Dumbledore. Uh, we're really oh, we, we should have <laughs> fell here. You can tell us if we're saying anything correctly. Um, but, but, I mean, what's your favorite? I don't know, because it's always been the third one, because we, we talked about this. Prisoner of Azkaban, the first time I watched it, I was blown away. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And maybe it was because of Alfonso Caron's, you know, directing. And, yes, like you said, you know, it is, it is the, out of the first three, because we were used to seeing them as kids for the first two. Right. And that third one really did just change. It went, it t- 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 took that corner, and like, boom, it's like this weird, dark world now. But, um, and I love, I love, like, the time turner. You know, it's almost yeah. like a Back to the Future yeah, type it was of really cool. series of events. But uh, I didn't like Order of Phoenix, mainly because I thought it was just all flashy, yeah. and just one big thing happened at the end, and I feel like I didn't need two hours and a half to watch that. Right. I want to say that Order of, Fe- Order of the Phoenix, I thought, had the coolest special effects. They were actually... I think there's the first time we're seeing, like, uh, epic battles of one fighting, and they're just yeah, throwing, that was pretty throwing cool. crap at each other. Yeah. I think that's where... um. <coughs> Um, Black dies. In right. That film. Right. Yeah. That was that movie had a lot of good good points to it. And then Half Blood Prince was pretty epic in its right because uh, you know Dumbledore's death, of course, just the way he died was really creepy. You know, taking that boat to he had to drink all that weird crap to get to the uh, the things. <laughs> Don't they need like to collect certain things to the defeat? Um, what are you, we are, we are awful. <laughs> <laughs> we are awful. Please, do. no. Dumbledore dies because he's uh, shot off the. Um, oh yeah, no. Tower. But I was talking about the scene where uh, he had to drink the crap just to get something underneath it. Oh yes. Which ended up not being what they wanted, and yeah. he died for no. Well, he didn't die. They're trying to destroy the things, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
They had to destroy like seven or nine. Yeah, they go. I think they go on a scavenger hunt. Yeah, they go on a scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. And then once they collect these <laughs> they, items, they only get like one item. I still think they have to destroy like ten items in this movie. I'm so confused. I don't know. I don't. There's a lot of things that have to follow in this movie. <laughs> but I just say that these movies are enjoyable. I sit down, I watch them, I like them. <laughs> I can't follow all the storyline. It's because it's so much. They shove a million facts in your head because people who read the books know what they're all talking about. But us common folk, as I'll call us, don't really get it. Us muggles don't know what like we're talking it. about. We still like it, and that's all that matters. Have there ever been, like, what other kind of uh, series has been eight movies long? None. I don't <laughs> Um. That was a quick none. Jason? I'm just like, all the Jason series, or Friday the 13th? Do they tie together, though, like this? Well, they're all of all the same characters, so I mean, theoretically, I guess. I guess uh, I wouldn't like to. They're not. They're not them. like that because they're not. They're not traditional like sequels of each other. Right, right, Sometimes right. Sometimes they involve different killers and different Jasons, but I mean, theoretically, they're the same. I, I don't know. Harry Potter is really cool, though. Roots, the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something I want to ask you, Michael. Now, do we remember? Let's go back a little bit. Maybe 2003, I want to say. Yeah, most likely. Lord of the Rings. They had three movies. They had a trilogy. Right. And what happened with The Return of the King? It did awesome. Yes. It was my favorite of the three. Yes. And it won a lot of Oscars. Yes. I'm throwing the Oscar question at you right now. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter for the Oscar. Well, nomination. I would say... One of the ten. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> First of all, we don't know that it's going to be ten. Because it's just the correct. Point. Okay, so it could be five. One of the five, or ten, or or seven, or eight. Who knows? And a half. Okay, so this is my thing. I don't think it's. <laughs> this is really tough to say. If this was any other year, I'd say no. But this year has been really weak in movies, so it's definitely got a possibility. That's that's my simple answer. It does have a possibility. So far, there's like two movies that could be Oscar contenders, and, and they need are, at least five. Yeah, and these are we were like. Two probably might not even be in the top five. Exactly. Yet. Like I, we haven't seen a strong no, definite this like like this film. We haven't seen last year's Inception yet. Nope. We knew Inception was going to be in one of the ten. Yeah. Um. We knew it wasn't probably going to win, but right. we knew it was going to be obviously nominated. Even Toy Story three, we knew that was going to be in. You knew. Oh yeah. Well, I forgot. <laughs> we, I forgot. We bet this, and she <laughs> lost another bet. Ha uh, ha ha. Anyway, I want. Yeah, I would just say that Harry Potter. I think has a. I think it has a decent chance in being nominated. Number one, it is like the end of an epic series. If it is as good as everyone's saying, because right now on the, the the small amount of critics, I think it still might be one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, which is very impressive. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd rather start out at hundred than like zero. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> and um, I mean, I guess the only thing that really goes against it, it ha- it hasn't been nominated for a Best Picture yet out of all the first seven films. Like Lord of the Rings, you know, each year they were being nominated. But they have been nominated for Oscars. Usually, you know, maybe costumes or special effects or sound mixing and stuff like that. So they're not, they're, they're pretty well made movies. That would be ridiculous if it was nominated and won the uh, Oscar. No, it's not going to win. <laughs> it better not win. The but, best um, movie of the year, beating Tree of Life. <laughs> oh my god, there will be riots. Everywhere. I don't know about that. No, dude. People would cheer because they're all big Harry Potter the fans. The Oscars, the, the Academy would not vote it to win. I don't think so. 
Why? Is it beneath them, Robert? It is. It is beneath them. All right. Only book lovers will... No, I'm saying, like, you need the 5% of first place votes to get in. I think out of the 600 or so Academy members, maybe 5% are really big Harry Potter book lover fans, okay? Mm. They might just, like, like love the book, and so they yeah. enjoy the series as well. They're like, okay, we'll throw it in at number one. A lot of people just do that. Yeah. So you, what do you think, Captain America for the Oscar this year? <laughs> Captain America. America. When does that come out? Does it come out soon? Like next, I don't know, like two weekends from uh, now. I want to say the end soon. of July. Yes, I think that that ends the good movies of summer, or at least the ones I'm looking forward to. I don't think I want to see anything in August. Crazy Stupid Love. That's July 29th. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, unless we count the uh, the Final Destination Five, can we just say that we had a, a marathon? Yeah, we had the Final, Final Destination marathon. It was very enjoyable. We watched all four movies, and since all movies are ninety minutes or less, we got through it really quickly. <laughs> yep. We couldn't believe that only so many hours went by. We watched four movies. We saw approximately sixty-seven deaths. <laughs> approximately. Approximately. That's a lot of deaths. No, yeah. I'm not over exaggerating. A little bit. But if we count the premonitions, maybe. Well, like we might have seen that many deaths in those. Films. Well, I mean, even in the plane exploding in number one, there's like easily ninety people who die in the plane. So, okay, so we we'll don't say, count that. I guess we'll have to say three thousand deaths. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> the that train, about right. the NASCAR. <laughs> yes, that's ridiculous. Deaths. A oh. lot of people die in the NASCAR. One. Right, they only really zoned in on like five people, but <laughs> there's a yep. lot of people. That. I'm sorry. Back to Harry Potter. I'm excited for this last one. I think hopefully it wraps it up. It's interesting that the first couple films. Oh were wait, I have an answer to your question. There's six Saw movies, isn't there? Ah, there you go. And there might be a sixth Final Destination in the near future. Okay, so I guess I have to say non-horror series, right? I guess yeah, those are really the only. This is the probably the well. What about Star Wars? There were six. six. Six, so we can compare Harry Potter maybe to Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Star Wars hurts itself because it has three amazing movies and three shitty movies. <laughs> I like the third one still. I like still, no, I, 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 it's the best of the three, but it's nowhere near the other three. Right, but I don't think I don't think it's a shitty movie. You know, I saw a stand, a stand, a stand, a stand of comic do a bit about the Star Wars movies. I forget the comedy in it, but basically his point was, you know, the reason those movies fail is because when you're watching the original Star Wars movies, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's a mystery. It's the fact that, you know, Darth Vader's <coughs> Luke's father is a huge revealing point. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, oh my god. But we don't really care to go back and, like, not be, you know, nothing's mysterious. We know exactly how everything's going to end up. So it's just kind of like, oh, alright, well this is all exposition, and that's why it wasn't good. That yeah, that too makes perfect sense, right? Along with them being pretty bad movies, right? <laughs> I agree, definitely agree. Um, I don't know what we were talking about before you interrupted me, but Final I'm going destination. to I'm going to continue Potter. by saying, do you think the the main three actors of Harry Potter have a future in? I know movies? one of them does. Harry Potter. <laughs> What's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. You I think, think he, you think he could break out of this show of this Harry Potter character and actually well, yeah, do other things? Almost famous on Broadway now. Okay, but I'm talking about movies. I think he'll be, break back into the movies. I don't know. It's gonna be tough for me to see him. No, and not think Harry I think he can do it. I really do. Ooh, ooh. He's definitely the only one though. Really? Yeah. The only Her Hermione can do it. Mm. Emma something. I think she's a little full of herself. Is her name Emma Roberts? 
No. Watson. <laughs> I was close. It was Emma Thompson as well. Thompson, yeah. But I don't think Ron's going anywhere fast. Yeah, that's <laughs> sad to say. He's, he's not a bad actor. He's just not going to fit any roles, I don't think. You hear that, Ron? Prove him wrong. Prove calling you out. Wrong. Ron. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts on uh, the Potter? Do I have any final thoughts on the Potter? I think after I watch the final film, I'm actually going to try to read the books. Alright, cool. Are you going to do that too? No. Why not? <laughs> I tried reading the first book and I really didn't enjoy it. Oh. Yep. How come? It's too kiddie. Too childish for me. But then you know it gets like darker later. I know, on. but then it's like saying like you know the same thing with the Star Wars argument I just made. Like I already know exactly what's gonna happen. Well, now there's no mystery in it. So yeah. Any other thoughts? I don't know. Let's just say that we don't have any time to do flick chart battles, or do we? No, we gotta end it early. We gotta cut out the flick chart. So let's wrap it up. We apologize for no flick chart battling this evening. No, but we we had a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. We I uh, think this I honestly think this is our best podcast. Best podcast ever. 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 Do you want to do this conclusion cuz I kind of messed it up last week and you laughed at me endlessly. Though I don't think you know all the information. <laughs> no, I'm just nope. Do you? Nope. Do you? Uh, no. <laughs> I said three times. Okay, so we have a Facebook page, which is uh, www.facebook.com backslash on the movie front. Yes, so please befriend us or follow our page or write something very nice to us. Or you can email us at www. Go ahead, finish that one. Well, there, there's no W's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at on the movie front. At hotmail.com? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what website are you telling them? <laughs> I don't know. And again, we have a blog. I'm going to try this one. O-M-T-F. No. <laughs> O-T-M-F. 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 Dash. Podcast. Dot. Blogspot.com. Yeah. Whoa, look I at like me. It. All right. Good job, Mike. That was high pretty five. spotty, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. We, had a we great really time. appreciate you, and bye. We really, we really <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> That's all we do. Oh, we had a blast. Yes. I'm, I think I'm gonna go to sleep now. I'm pretty tired. Do it up. Do up. The good sleep. night and good luck. <laughs>